From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Welcome to Washington Watch. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Coming up on this June 14th edition, which, by the way, June 14th, it's Flag Day. Well, today, President Biden was in Philadelphia earlier talking about his economic policy. I don't want to hear any more of these lies about reckless spending. We're changing people's lives. Well, no mention of the largest increase in the cost of living and inflation in 40 years. We'll talk numbers with uh, Dr. Dave Bratt, former congressman from Virginia, now dean at the Liberty University School of Business. Now, could part of the problem be that the Democrats are focused on all the wrong things? Give a warm drag race welcome, Nancy Pelosi. Welcome back. My honor to be here. Your freedom of expression of yourselves in drag is what America is all about. Yes, that was House Speaker Nancy Pelosi making an appearance on RuPaul's Drag Race television show. Now think about it. The economy is going down the tubes. The world is more unstable than at any point since the start of World War II. And this is what Democrat leaders are focused on. And don't think their actions don't inspire others to pursue this immoral agenda that is poisoning the minds of our children. Even conservative places like Montana, they're now dealing with this. In this conservative community, people think that their way of thinking is the right way all the time. And, and there's not a lot of room for those of us that think differently or progressively. Yeah, we, we know what we're up against. We're up against a bully. That was Walt Dungy's president of 406 Pride in Montana. Well, we'll talk a little bit later with Montana Congressman Matt Rosendale about the Drag Queen Story Hour for children at the zoo in Billings, Montana. And we'll talk about who's bullying who. And no language yet from the bipartisan group of senators working on the proposal to deal with violence committed with guns. Texas Senator John Cornyn, who is leading the negotiation for the Republicans, made this astute comment yesterday on the Senate floor about another bill, the one providing security for Supreme Court justices and their families. House Democrats, unfortunately, have a history of prioritizing politics over policy, but now their games have reached a dangerous low. I'm talking about the safety and security of the members of the United States Supreme Court and their family. I certainly hope Mr. Cornyn realizes the same applies when we're talking about the Second Amendment and the rights of the rest of us to protect ourselves from the unhinged leftist in this country. We'll get the latest from the Senate when uh, Missouri Senator Josh Hawley joins us a little bit later. And finally, with the backdrop of dozens of violent left-wing attacks on churches and pro-life organizations, the anti-Christian Southern Poverty Law Center released a poll in which they examined, quote, the extent to which the extremist beliefs that mobilize the hard right have been absorbed by the wider American public, end quote. Now, in the SPLC spin of their findings, they try to claim Republicans agree with violence. But when you dig down just a little, and, and I'm saying just a little in their numbers, you get a much different picture, which is why no no reputable news organization should air their bias claims. What do the numbers actually show? Well, we're going to talk about it a little bit later with FRC's Meg Kilgannon, who has studied SPLC very closely. 
The website, TonyPerkins.com, lots of resources there for you. I encourage you to visit. Also visit WashingtonStand.com. You've been asking for this news and commentary from a biblical perspective. We're in our third week and uh, rave reviews. And so I encourage you to check it out. It's news and commentary from a biblical perspective that you can use. The word for today comes from Psalm 56, 9 through 11. When I cry out to you, then my enemies will turn back. This I know because God is for me. In God, I will praise his word. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? I invite you to join me each morning, Monday through Friday at 8.44 a.m. Eastern Time for a short devotional based upon our Stand on the Word Bible reading plan. You can find it at TonyPerkins.com or on my Facebook page. And by the way, just a reminder, if you live in Maine, North Dakota, Nevada, or South Carolina, today is your primary election day. So be sure to go out and cast your ballot. If you need help on where the candidates stand on the issues, go to frcaction.org and click on Voter Resources. As I mentioned earlier today, President Biden delivered remarks in Philadelphia at the 29th AFL-CIO Constitutional Convention. Uh, During his speech, the president acknowledged inflation is, quote, sapping the strength of a lot of families. But he went on to blame Republicans in Congress and others for keeping the American people from knowing the progress that he's made. I don't want to hear any more of these lies about reckless spending or changing people's lives. And because of the fact this year we're delivering the biggest drop in deficit in the history of the United States of America. Well, Mr. President, the numbers aren't lying. The policies of this administration are killing the economy, which is hurting American families. Joining me now is Dr. Dave Bratt, Dean at Liberty University School of Business and a former member of Congress from Virginia. Dr. Bratt, welcome back to the program. Great to be on with you, Tony. Thanks. All right. I've got to start with this one because they say it all the time. They're bringing the largest reduction in the deficit in American history. Well, that's only because in the previous couple of years, we've had this this emergency COVID relief spending. Um, So that's a no brainer. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think he's just upset that what he calls the lies. uh, He's just upset. We're calling him out because the more the American people here, I think is. Job approval on the economy is down to 20 percent. I mean, there's never been numbers like this uh, on the approval rating for a president because there's never been numbers like this on the economy. Every single number is a is a disaster. And over the past three days on the stock market, it's all a sea of red. Go out to FinViz, F-I-N-V-I-Z dot com, and you'll you'll see their nice uh, graphic every day they have. Uh, It's just a sea of red. Uh, which is stock prices, but those stock prices represent earnings and profit statements coming out. And the real economy, the thing that really matters is tanking along every variable under the sun too, because the Fed now is having to take away the uh, sugar high, uh, the artificial pumping and creation of money. And then the federal government uh, stimulus is also wearing off. So he calls that a uh, budget cut, uh, but it's the Democrat strategy. And uh, I'm sure we'll unpack this going on here. All right. So, so Dave, the, the, the market now officially uh, in a, a bear market, uh, yeah. kind of going into hibernation. We have uh, interest rates uh, 
probably going to be raised this week, could yep. be three quarters of a percent. Uh, we have inflation. Um, I mean, is there any good economic news? Uh, not really. The, the only good news in capitalism is called, uh, you know, this is a kind of a upside down teaching, but bankruptcy. The American voter uh, is responsible for all this. They have elected the people who have put them $30 trillion in debt and politicians who uh, re, uh, rehire the head of the Fed three weeks ago that just put us in the ditch uh, with 9% inflation minimum, uh, eating away you know, 10% of your income every year, plus the stock market, you just lost 20% of your retirement. And uh, we appointed the guy that did that. And, and the, the, the Federal Reserve has, has been doing this for 20 years under Greenspan. It's called the Greenspan put. Uh, whenever Wall Street and the big boys needed to get bailed out, they relied on the Greenspan put. They knew the Fed will always come through and uh, provide more liquidity uh, when they, uh, you know, they get levered up. They take out too much debt and too many loans and leverage all their bets right. on real estate and infrastructure. Uh, and whenever they go bankrupt, they, they scream bloody murder and the Fed comes to their rescue. But now it's all going to be put on the backs of the middle class. Uh, the Fed is targeting probably 5% inflation as their strategy now to pay down the debt. And that's a new one out there. But that, uh, that's been right. around with this new monetary theory stuff they're proposing. So uh, as we unpack this, when I mean, they walk this economic tightrope, uh, you know, trying to uh, keep inflation down, but interest rates low and all of that. Was it the the uh, covid stimulus spending, the socialistic spending that really tipped uh, this over the edge? Well, it was a big part, but that, that's not the uh, driver of inflation. I mean, the idea of shutting down uh, the economy uh, has the unintended consequence of shutting down the economy. A little, you know, sarcasm there. So obviously that policy is not good for the economy. Uh, but as Milton Friedman said, inflation is always and everywhere a monetary phenomenon. So the feds can do whatever they want. Uh, you can have wars, oil shocks in the Middle East like we did in the 70s, the early 80s, et cetera. Uh, none of that causes inflation unless the Federal Reserve accommodates it with more money. So all those things are happening in the world. That's all. There's no question about that. Uh, but if you only have a $100 bill, right, that's all you have, and the price of basketballs goes up over here and you want to buy them, well, then you got to buy less of something else over here or the prices have to go down over here. And so, if, right, if, if, if you have a, a, a stable money supply, you can't play all these games. But unfortunately, the Fed has added $9 trillion of funny money that accommodated the wars, et cetera. And I'll just throw in one other little lesson here. It's called moral hazard, unintended effects. So the Fed has had 0% interest rate policy for the last 10 years, right? So that, that's not debatable. That's what's going on. And right. we have 30 trillion in debt. So we haven't had to make any debt payments, right? If you do 10% of 30 trillion, that's 3 trillion a year. That's the size of the US budget, period. And so what's the lesson there? Well, the Fed has shielded us from having to see the true price, the interest payments, which is the price of borrowing money on that 30 trillion in debt has been hidden from the voters. Now the voters are gonna see very clearly the cost of that debt and they're gonna be horrified. And then you might put some restraints on spending. So the Fed, uh, you know, there's all sorts of unintended effects that we're going to now see 
because uh, when the when the bull market comes to an end and the bubble pops, all of a sudden the news uh, becomes apparent for everyone to see. So we now have 30 trillion plus in debt, which yeah. is not something we had uh, 20 years ago or certainly 40 years ago when we right. faced a very similar economic situation. Yep. How does the government pay uh, its um, interest on the money that it's borrowed? Well, right. I mean, <laughs> that's why the, their new strategy, the, the way to pay for it is to run inflation because inflation uh, eats away at the value of your dollars in your uh, pocketbook. So they're going to run 5% inflation uh, going forward as a way of paying down the debt. And that 5% year after year after year will chew away at that $30 trillion in debt, right? It's just like earning interest on the upside. Uh, but So they're going to pay off the debt uh, with the same principle. But again, the winners are all the oligarchs that have benefited because they can invest in private equity and these $100 million deals and real estate assets and islands and overseas stuff. And there's always money to be made. But you and I don't have access right. to any of that. And the Fed bails them out. And, and now the middle class is going to pay as usual. And if it really gets bad, a sovereign debt, which is U.S. debt, goes bad, uh, then they're going to have to start uh, eating away at at the promises they've made to you on the debt right. side and on your Medicare, Social Security, all that. I mean, this is this is all of those political promises made, right. government right. programs expanded that are coming home to yep. roost, and it's right. it, as it always has been. Uh, yep. There's no free lunch, and the American people are going to pay for it. Uh, Dr. Bratt, we're out of time, but uh, I want to return and have a conversation a little bit later about what do we do? What does the American family yep. do about this? Anytime. All right, folks, stick yep. with us. We're coming yep. We're coming back with more on the other side of the break, so don't go away. Would you like to spend consistent time in God's Word? Then join Family Research Council on an exciting journey through the Bible. FRC's two-year Bible reading plan helps you to approach daily Bible reading intentionally. You will dive deeper into the nature of God and how His Word speaks into cultural issues of today. All wisdom comes from God, and He has given us the Bible as a way to understand the world. His Word is necessary in our lives, so much so that Christ said, we are to live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. He calls it our daily bread because we need it daily to sustain us and nourish us spiritually, just like food does physically. Start this adventure today with Family Research Council. When you sign up, we'll text you with daily passages and questions that help prepare you for conversations with your friends and family. To begin this journey, visit frc.org slash Bible. First Peter 3.15 instructs us to always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks for a reason for the hope that we have. The mission of FRC's online center for biblical worldview is to carry out that first by training Christians to advance and defend the faith in their families, communities, and the public square, as now more than ever, we need to be grounded in the truth of God's word. The Center for Biblical Worldview provides amazing written resources for a wide range of relevant issues, including biblical stances on voting, religious liberty, abortion, marriage, and sexuality. Each of these topics comes as a free downloadable PDF version, abbreviated version, and Spanish translation, along with a prayer guide. To access this written series or to sign up for the Center for Biblical Worldview's monthly newsletter, visit frc.org worldview. 
Did you know that from as early as 12 weeks, and certainly by 20 weeks, an unborn child can feel pain? Did you know the issue of pornography is growing among women? Did you know that pornography, sex trafficking, and abortion are all linked and on the rise across the globe? Issues such as pornography, human trafficking, drug legalization, and abortion are all violations of human dignity and have resulted in the devaluation of human life in our culture. Family Research Council stands firm on the principle that every life has value, ought to be respected, and has been designed for a unique purpose— Educate yourself on the harms of pornography, human trafficking, and abortion so that you can offer hope and help. Learn more at frc.org forward slash life. Welcome back to Washington Watch. So good to have you with us. I'm your host, Tony Perkins. Yesterday, Senator John Cornyn, the lead Republican negotiator of the Senate's bipartisan gun deal, reportedly said the 10 GOP senators who signed on to the bill's framework are, quote, rock solid when it comes to the strength of their support. But, but, big but, senators and Senate aides warn there's still a lot of work to be done before the legislation is actually drafted. And details are still being worked out. So what do we know so far about the proposal? Joining me now to talk about this and much more is Senator Josh Hawley of Missouri. He serves on four Senate committees, including the Senate Judiciary Committee and the Committee on Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs. Senator, welcome back to the program. Thanks for having me. Great to be with you. So what can you tell us so far about the conversations over this uh, bipartisan proposal that uh, addresses violence with guns? Well, here's the thing, Tony. I mean, we're still learning about what is in this legislation. Of course, there's no legislation yet, as I understand it. As you said just a moment ago, text has yet to be written, and I'm going to want to read, of course, anything that is written before I agree to vote on it. But I have to tell you that I don't really like the framework. I mean, I, this, among other things, this framework incentivizes red, incentivizes red flag laws. I've got major concerns about a lot of these red flag laws across the country. There's 16 of them around the nation. Uh, most of them allow for firearms to be taken away from a defendant without uh, him being present in court, without an attorney being present in court, without any adjudication of a crime having been committed. That's really, really concerning to me, and I, for one, would rather see funding going towards school security than going towards the red flag laws and trying to encourage states, uh, indeed push states, uh, to pass laws that I think have a lot of problems. Yeah. And another one of the provisions, apparently, from uh, the framework is that uh, makes it more difficult for those in the age category of 18 to 21 uh, to purchase uh, firearms. Now, you know, there, there are certainly probably some issues there, but at the same time, we have the same people pushing to restrict the rights of uh, those in that age group to, to purchase guns. But they're, 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 they're saying kids even younger than that should be able to engage in radical uh, surgeries in this whole transgender movement. So there's some inconsistency in, in how they see the ability of uh, people under the age 21 to make decisions. Yeah, that's, that's very true, Tony. And the thing that really strikes me that is lacking from this package is that any effort to go after criminals and to criminalize right. 
the kind of behavior with firearms violence that we're talking about. I mean, the federal government has crimes on the books against youth as part of a crime of violence, against felons possessing firearms. Why don't we increase the penalties for those crimes? Why don't we give prosecutors new resources to go after those crimes? That's what I do. I would increase the penalties. I would further criminalize uh, this kind of behavior, uh, the illegal behavior. We should be going after criminals, not law-abiding citizens. And that's my basic Ooh. problem with this package. Oh, I, I guess one, I mean, that's a very good approach, Senator. And one thing we could do is actually just enforce the laws we have. I mean, when you consider uh, that we've had just in the last few weeks, 40, over 40 separate incidents of violent attacks against churches, pregnancy care centers and other pro-life facilities by pro-abortion activists since the, uh, the draft of the Supreme Court opinion was leaked. I mean, why are we not doing something? Why isn't the federal government, why isn't the Biden administration, the Department of Justice doing something to enforce current law? Well, this is a great point, Tony. And whether it relates to, to uh, crimes of violence that involve guns or, as you say, with these fire bombing, bombings, these arsons uh, at, uh, directed at pregnancy centers and, and pro-life care centers, and for the Justice Department to turn a blind eye, which is essentially what they've done, they're also turning a blind eye to the assassination attempt against uh, Justice Kavanaugh. Uh, so far, uh, the attorney general still will not enforce the law that says you cannot picket or parade or intimidate a justice in order to try to get him or her to change their, their view on a case, their vote on a case. They're not enforcing that. And we see the consequences of this. So I'm with you. You know, we're in the middle of a major crime wave all across this country. Unfortunately, that crime is being directed increasingly against people of faith and those in the pro-life yeah. community. And this administration won't do anything about it. Maybe the the approach the Republicans should take is, look, look, we're not going to create any new laws until you learn to enforce the ones we have. And this is exactly why I say the right approach here is to give more resources to prosecutors. If resources are needed, let's give them to prosecutors to prosecute crimes. Let's take the crimes that are already on the books and make the sentences tougher. Let's get tough on the criminals rather than punishing law-abiding citizens. Yeah. Uh, Senator, I, I want to uh, switch gears a little bit, something you've been drawing attention to, and it is the uh, Homeland Security Disinformation Governance Board. It appears that the Secretary of Homeland Security uh, was not completely truthful when he appeared before the Senate recently. Yeah, well, what he told us, Tony, was that this was just a working group, that this board wouldn't have any real operational authority. And uh, that, that just turns out to be totally false. As a matter of fact, we now know because of whistleblower documents that were turned over according to statute and, and that Senator uh, Chuck Grassley and I have made public, we, we now know that this board was planned for months. We know that it did have authority to set uh, guidelines. It had authority to coordinate the government response. And we know what the misinformation, so-called, the government wanted to target, the Biden administration wanted to target. It was about vaccines. It was about people who have questions over election integrity. This is what the government wanted to go after, and they wanted to weaponize federal power to do it. It's very wrong. We need to have a full hearing with Secretary Mayorkas for him to explain why he misled the committee. You know, that sounds more like something coming out of Russia and Vladimir Putin's administration. Um but, I mean, that's happening right here in the United States, the, the effort to silence and marginalize the voices of the opposition. Well, and particularly what's disturbing about that is not only would they do that, Tony, and that's bad enough, but then admit to Congress about it and the American people to go out and say that, oh, well, this board actually wasn't going to do anything. This board was only going to target 
foreign disinformation, we now know that's false. That is simply yeah. false, and they deliberately misled people about it. The whole American public, there ought to be consequences for that. Yes, we need a disinformation board to govern the disinformation board. Uh, Senator Josh Hawley, always great to talk with you. Thanks so much for uh, joining us today. Thanks for having me. You know, folks, it, it is uh, it, it's a sad day, but we, we just can't trust what's coming out of this government. And we need to stay on top of it. We need to uh, continue to elect men and women of deep conviction, like Josh Hawley, to be in Washington, D.C., exposing all of this. All right, folks, don't go away. Coming back, Drag Queen Story Hour. They're popping up all across the country, but some parents are fighting back, and guess what? They're winning. Don't go away. More Washington Watch to come right after this. Are you a university student? Do you know a university student, specifically one who wants to grow as a Christian leader to positively influence public policy and the culture? Look no further. Family Research Council has a life-changing 12 to 15 week internship program that has prepared and equipped students to take the next step in their professional journey. With a speaker series focusing on careers and callings, lectures from prominent conservative leaders, and weekly biblical worldview training, students will grow in personal and professional development. Interns have the opportunity to work in policy, communications, event planning, and more. They will gain real-world experience working directly with our experts who will guide them in pursuing careers of influence so that they can make a difference wherever God calls. This paid internship offers fully funded housing in the heart of downtown D.C., giving you the chance to experience our nation's capital. Visit frc.org slash internships to apply. What is biblical masculinity? In our culture of gender confusion, there aren't many examples of godly manhood. Men, husbands, and fathers need to find a model of godly manhood, leadership, and strength. But where can they find it in our culture? Stand Courageous Men's Ministry was created to help men find this model of godly manhood and to develop a strong biblical character, cultivate positive habits, build and rebuild relationships, and make commitments that will move men closer to God's good purpose and design. Men who will stand courageous. Join us at a Stand Courageous Men's Conference to discuss critical aspects of masculinity. These conferences are led by men who understand the issues men face. They unpack our role as a defender, provider, instructor, and battle buddy so that we can make an influence as a chaplain inside and outside the home. Learn more and find a Stand Courageous event near you at StandCourageous.com. This is Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. Good to have you with us on this Tuesday afternoon. The website, TonyPerkins.com. Across the nation, drag queen story hour events targeting children, targeting children have been popping up. And some, thankfully, have been canceled after concerned community members have spoken out. And in fact, many parents uh, saying enough is enough. But there are, uh, are those like uh, Zoo Montana in Billings, Montana, that have doubled down after receiving backlash over its plan to host a drag queen story hour organized by the LGBTQ plus group 406 Pride. The director of Zoo Montana, Jeff Hewlett, 
issued a statement last week stating this, quote, we will not let unwarranted fear and hate deter our decision to move forward with this harmless and fun reading event that is held throughout the country. At the end of the day, if your personal agenda does not fit this event, we simply ask that you do not come to the zoo that day, end quote. (sighs) I don't even know where to start with that. You know, I actually think this is the day moms and dads should show up in full force at the zoos. A, a, a harmless event? This is about targeting our children, about grooming our children. Well, the opposition uh, is mounting, and it's not driven by fear and hate. It's driven by love and concern for children. Joining me now to talk about this and more is Congressman Matt Rosendale. He is a member of the House Freedom Caucus, the Veterans Affairs Committee, and the Committee on Natural Resources. He represents Montana's at-large congressional district. Congressman Rosendale, welcome back to the program. Tony, it is always a pleasure to be with you. Hey, hate that it's under these circumstances. Well, this is crazy. I mean, I was up in Montana last summer, and I mean, I think this is like, uh, you know, God, freedom, apple pie, all of that uh, patriotic stuff. What's happening in Montana? There's there's one word that sums up the uh, the lifestyle that we enjoy, and it's called wholesome. It's wholesome. Uh, when we moved, my family and I moved to Glendive, uh, I knew that we were in the right spot when we attended the first formal dance that my sons went to at the high school, and they had the uh, the grand march, and the entire community turned out, and were were there in the auditorium like it was a show. And each one of the couples came out onto the stage. Uh, the young man presented the young lady his date for the evening with the flower, and they processed down the, the uh, steps in front of everyone. It was like 1950, and, and that's the kind of environment that my children were uh, raised in, and that's the kind of environment that the people across the state of Montana enjoy. It's wholesome. And when we hear... Jeff Uelt talking about basically grooming our children with a drag queen story hour. It is it is more than obscene. It's it's child abuse, Tony. Well, Matt, I mean, it's it's almost like he's in your face as well, saying that hey, if you don't like it, stay away from the zoo. What well, doesn't this zoo belong to the taxpayers? It does, and I, and I will tell you something. I was in Billings. Uh, this past weekend, and there are a lot of people because that zoo cannot function uh, by itself. It relies upon the community's financial support. It relies upon the state. And also, Jeff, Mr. Mr. Executive Director Jeff Ewell is going to find out that it also relies upon the uh, federal government for some funding as well. And I'm looking at uh, seeing what we can do to uphold any federal funding that Zoo Montana receives until they make some changes and rescind this type of activity. And there's a lot of people in the community that are going to do the exact same thing at the state level. And the private contributors are, are going to be uh, removing their support as well. I mean, this has been happening you know, for, for years, for, for the last few years. We've had them in libraries, and now they're moving out to places where children go zoos, but it's not just Montana. It's happening across the country. What do parents need to be doing? Do they need to sit back and be quiet, or is this the time to engage like we've never engaged before? 
they need to engage like we have never engaged before, and they need to have a huge outcry to make sure that, that they stop this type of activity from taking place. I, I want to switch gears. I know uh, you've got votes c- coming up there on the uh, the House floor, but very quickly, uh, what's your take on how House Democrats have been putting at risk the lives of Supreme Court justices by delaying this bill to increase security for them and their families? We are supposed to be having the vote on that today, Tony. It's a shame that the, um, the uh, speaker has delayed this. She has jeopardized the lives of not only our justices, but also their families. And I am just so glad that we haven't seen a tragedy take place already. And so now we're going to see this security put in place. Um, I also would like to see things go a little step further. And the Department of Justice should be going out and prosecuting individuals that have not only um, participated in trespassing and uh, threatening the justices, but these people are trying to change the outcome of a court decision, right. and that is absolutely a federal crime, and, and folks need to be held accountable for that. Yeah, you're absolutely right, and they're on record. I mean, they're the organizations, they're putting their name out there. They have websites. Uh, they're very clear and blatant about what they're doing. Congressman Matt Rosendale, always great to talk with you. Thanks so much for uh, joining us this afternoon. Listen, Tony, thank you so much for covering this very important issue, and I appreciate your listeners standing with us to push back on this type of activity. Absolutely. We uh, certainly will encourage him to do that. And, folks, that's whether you're in Montana or some other, country, uh, some other state, uh, you need to be speaking out about this. All right, coming up, the Anti-Christian Southern Poverty Law Center. They've been caught cooking their numbers, or at least spinning them. We're going to talk about that with FRC's Meg Kilgannon after the break. So stick around. Don't go away. More Washington Watch to come. What is biblical masculinity? In our culture of gender confusion, there aren't many examples of godly manhood. Men, husbands, and fathers need to find a model of godly manhood, leadership, and strength. But where can they find it in our culture? Stand Courageous Men's Ministry was created to help men find this model of godly manhood and to develop a strong biblical character, cultivate positive habits, build and rebuild relationships, and make commitments that will move men closer to God's good purpose and design. Men who will stand courageous. Join us at a Stand Courageous Men's Conference to discuss critical aspects of masculinity. These conferences are led by men who understand the issues men face. They unpack our role as a defender, provider, instructor, and battle buddy so that we can make an influence as a chaplain inside and outside the home. Learn more and find a Stand Courageous event near you at StandCourageous.com. With the increase in tech censorship of conservatives and Christians, Family Research Council created a tech subscription platform to be sure we don't go completely dark due to censorship. It is important to us that we stay connected with you and that you stay informed. So if we get canceled, you can still access updates on faith, family, and freedom. How? Just text STAND to 67742 to sign up for our text alerts and you will get FRC's content straight to your phone. Again, just text STAND to 67742 and you will get alerts on the biggest stories of the day. 
With just a simple text, always have access to our content and stay informed and connected with like-minded community. Text STAND to 67742. That's STAND to 67742. Are you a university student? Do you know a university student, specifically one who wants to grow as a Christian leader to positively influence public policy and the culture? Look no further. Family Research Council has a life-changing 12- to 15-week internship program that has prepared and equipped students to take the next step in their professional journey. With a speaker series focusing on careers and callings, lectures from prominent conservative leaders, and weekly biblical worldview training, students will grow in personal and professional development. Interns have the opportunity to work in policy, communications, event planning, and more. They will gain real-world experience working directly with our experts who will guide them in pursuing careers of influence so that they can make a difference wherever God calls. This paid internship offers fully funded housing in the heart of downtown D.C., giving you the chance to experience our nation's capital. Visit frc.org slash internships to apply. Welcome back. This is Washington Watch. So good to have you with us. As I mentioned at the top of the program, today is Flag Day. Now, what is Flag Day? Well, this day marks the actions by the Second Continental Congress on this very day in 1777 to pass a resolution adopting a national flag that symbolized the united effort for ordered liberty and freedom. It kind of brought all of the colonies together. Well, on this day in 1954, uh, President Dwight Eisenhower signed the bill into law, adding the words under God to the Pledge of Allegiance. He chose this day because of its significance. Now, the backstory to that addition to the pledge is this. In February of that year, President Eisenhower was in a church service at the New York Avenue Presbyterian Church in Washington, D.C., where the um, Reverend George Dougherty delivered a sermon on the subject of the Pledge of Allegiance. Now, President Eisenhower was sitting right there in the front row. The sermon was about the absence of the words under God. Now, America was locked in a Cold War with Russia, and they felt like some, some bold declaration was needed to be uh, to show that there was a difference between America and the atheistic communist. And that was the point of the sermon that morning. Well, three days after that sermon, a bill was introduced in Congress to add the words under God. And on Flag Day in 1954, Eisenhower signed the bill into law, and this is what he said. From this day forward, millions of school children will daily proclaim the dedication of our nation and our people to the Almighty, end quote. Now, how can we ex- escape the question if America's school children had continued to proclaim a devotion to God, unhindered by the court and the anti-Christian activists in this country, might children still be safe in our classrooms rather than being targeted with drag queen story hours? You see, I think it's time once again for pulpits all across the land to call Christian Americans to return to being one nation under God and living that out each and every day. 
All right, before I bring in Meg Kilgannon, I want to provide you with a quick legislative update. Uh, the House this week will be considering H.R. 2543. Now, there's not a piece of legislation that the Democrats don't introduce and try to pass that has some kind of left-wing agenda in it. Well, the Financial Services Racial Equity Inclusion and Economic Justice Act, that should tell you all you need to know. Well, it includes the LGBTQ Business Equal Credit Enforcement and Investment Act that passed last Congress, and it has even worse language that redefines sex. Joining me now to uh, give us more information on this and what you can do is Travis Weber, FRC's Vice President for Policy and Government Affairs. Travis, welcome back to the program. Thank you, Tony. Okay, so what does H.R. 2543 do? Yeah, so as, as you, <laughs> is apparent from the name, it basically injects ideology on social pers- perspectives that the Democrat and modern left of the Democratic Party wish to uh, offer into a lot of what they do. It injects their own um, perspective and ideology on these matters into our financial system. Uh, the bill incorporates several other pieces of legislation into the, the current text of H.R. 2543. Among those, it redefines sex non-discrimination in federal law in some provisions of, these, of these, this current form of the bill to include sexual orientation and gender identity. Uh, this will have the effect, among other things, this will have the effect of marginalizing women, entrepreneurs, who, who the law, the federal law, has currently noted uh, deserve uh, and, and get special categorical protections in terms of the way the federal law incentivizing um, uh, financial growth treats them. But it would marginalize them by injecting a gender identity into those provisions of law. To say nothing of the other uh, areas of federal law, it would modify, including provisions that, that uh, overlap with what the Equality Act sought to do. Now, we are familiar with the Equality Act and the damage that would bring to a federal statute in a number of areas, including religious freedom implications. This bill has overlap with that. And so it's significant that people know that it's bad. Democrats in the House are trying to push it into a vote uh, tomorrow in the House of Representatives. All right, folks, that's H.R. 2543. And uh, get something to write with because I'm going to give you the, uh, the House switchboard uh, number in just a moment so you can make a phone call to your member of Congress. But, uh, Travis, uh, so that folks understand how the process kind of works here in Washington, it's the uh, proverbial uh, nose of the camel under the tent. It, it is in one area of law that people might not pay any attention to because this is financial service. This is financial issues. Why does this, this have yeah. to do with family, religious freedom? Well, once they redefine in one area of federal law, human sexuality, gender, or whatever, then they're able to use that to springboard to change the definitions elsewhere. That's right. And um, here you you see an attempt to uh, put just enough in federal law to uh, that they will try to use the next time they pass a related bill, and they'll they'll point to this as a reference. They'll say, well, it's already in that area of law. Uh, You know, just use that definition or that understanding in federal policy, and they'll use it to spread elsewhere. You know, they could not get the Equality Act passed um, as a whole piece of legislation. This, I believe, is is part of an attempt to pass the Equality Act piecemeal by inserting it into other bills. You know, and we'll note that in some of the reporting requirements in this law include uh, matters of sexuality, do not include categories the law has protected for a long time, such as Native American or veteran-owned businesses. So those are excluded. What are expressly in the law 
But now the Democrats leading the House want to inject sexual ideology into the way our financial system is incentivized and exclusion of those who the law actually does protect. It's important that people know about this bill. It is, and important that they speak out about it because you know we, you know you you even have to face this idea. Well, you're you're intolerant, or you this or that. Look, um, I think we just have to draw bright, bold lines, red lines that say we're not going to allow them to push past this because it, it's just, th- this reminds me of the debate we had probably 15, 16 years ago over hate crimes, where they interjected it into just one small area. Uh, and and then it just blossomed. It mushroomed into a, a weapon that has been used against conservatives uh, and people of faith all across this country. So the switchboard number for the House of Representatives, 202-224-3121, 202-224-3121, and it's H.R. 2543. And, uh, Travis, it's likely to be voted on this week, right? Yeah, we're expecting a vote tomorrow, Tony. And so if people can call their representatives today, tell them they oppose this bill and they should oppose it as no business in federal law, uh, their members need to hear from them today. All right. Uh, Travis Weber, always great to talk with you. Thanks so much for uh, joining us today. Thank you. And and so, folks, we uh, bring you this information so that you can be engaged and involved. As I uh, often say, our republic was not made for spectators. It was made for participants. So be sure to give a call to your member of Congress, 202-224-3121. Earlier this month, the Southern Poverty Law Center revealed the results of a poll that they conducted to, quote, examine the extent to which the extremist beliefs and narratives that mobilize the hard right have been absorbed by the wider American public, end quote. Well, in reality, it is that uh, what they call these hard right and these uh, extremist beliefs uh, are are quickly shared by Americans. They believe in America. They don't believe in the left-wing ideology of uh, groups like SPLC. But that's another story. Well, in reporting on their own poll, the SPLC trumpeted this headline, and I quote, SPLC poll finds substantial support for great replacement theory and other hard right ideas, end quote. But buried near the bottom of their report, when you dig down, you find this, was something that countered their broader narrative that they wanted the media to run with, this broader narrative that it's all on the right. Well, now, I will say this, full disclosure, okay, for those that may be new to the program. I've been labeled or sanctioned by the SPLC for my biblical views. And so is the organization. Of course, I've also been sanctioned by China and Russia for my biblical views. So besides the, the obvious of the three not liking me, what else do these three entities have in common? Well, I think it's their socialist and communist ideology. Well, joining me now to talk about this is FRC Senior Fellow for Education Studies, Meg Kilgannon, who served at the U.S. Department of Education in the Trump administration and also has uh, studied the SPLC uh, to uh, Great Lakes. Meg, thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back. Thanks for having me, Tony. Okay, I saved the punchline for you. The, uh, they, they spun this to make it look like it was the right that was the danger, but when you look in the actual numbers, who's the danger? The biggest danger is actually from young Democratic men who have a high propensity toward violence and are particularly supportive of assassinating political figures who they feel are threats to our democracy. 
Um, it, it's astounding, really. And um, I, I have studied the SPLC. I spent a year looking into their um, curriculum. It's now called Learning for Justice, and that paper is on our website. Um, so this group that claims to be um, educating school children in America towards more more racial harmony and uh, everybody just getting along seems to be failing in that regard, especially with people who would logically agree with them. You know, Meg, it, uh, I would I'd say it, it's long baffled me, but it, it doesn't. It doesn't baffle me. It, uh, it, it creates a lot of consternation, and I think the broader public needs to be aware of this. But the, the SPLC is known as a left-wing hack hatchet job. I mean, that's, they, they are, they're an attack group. They go out and attack conservatives. They marginalize and silence them uh, so that there is no debate over public policy issues. They've done this to parents' groups. They've done it to Christian groups like ours. Um, but the media continues to give them a platform uh, to spew their left-wing ideology. I, I want to just take one quote from their report. This comes off their website, all right? This is not spin from me. This is their website. Our survey shows that the hard right could make greater political gains and in the process further erode our democracy and create conditions, now listen to this, through activism, policy, and violence that would disproportionately harm communities that continue to be marginalized in our society. All right, uh, we we all agree violence is bad. In fact, we, we have long denounced violence. But not activism and changing public policy. You notice how they lump those three together to suggest that conservatives who work for policy changes and are showing up at school board meetings to advocate for the well-being of their children are under uh, are, are eroding our democracy. Right. It is. It is a huge problem, and you can see how then when uh, the Department of Justice puts out documents calling for, uh, you know, essentially agreeing with the the charge that parents talking to school board meetings are terrorists, this is all where this kind of thinking goes in the policy process. Um, the, the way they phrase the topic, partisanship and violence. I don't put those two things together when I'm thinking ever, Tony. I never think that partisanship is going to lead to violence. Although sometimes the way some of the Democrats have been talking about the new the Dobbs decision coming down, it's easier to associate those two terms when it comes to Democrats uh, who, who are calling for violence. Well, not, not, not just – that's not theoretical. I mean, that's actually – we're seeing it. We see the, the, the president of the Senate – we see Chuck Schumer, the, the Democratic leader, talking about uh, Kavanaugh reaping the whirlwind. Uh, and then you have over uh, you have over 40 attacks on pro-life uh, organizations and churches. Uh, that, that's not theoretical. It's actually happening. Uh, what are – of course, SPLC never talks about that. They don't track any of that uh, right. left-wing violence. They only are trying to manufacture and scrounge to try to find evidence that this is happening on the right. Right. Because what other t- – Those are justice go, movements, go Tony. Those are justice movements. And <laughs> because those but, but, people are, are advocating for equity, that violence is okay as far as they're concerned. And, 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 and look, they have every right to do that. And, and I'm happy that they, they can do that. You know, that's one of the reasons I served in our nation's military. I've been a police officer. I, I believe everybody should have freedoms and rights, and, and they have a First Amendment right to do that. But when the media 
puts them onto a platform suggesting that they're this neutral arbiter that is uh, really calling out uh, extremist groups or those that pose danger to this country. They're not. They're only manufacturing most of this to uh, to pinpoint it on the right, and they let the left go scot-free. Don't even say a word about them. Yes, and the, the hysteria they generate is great for their fundraising uh, pieces, the, the solicitations that they send out to folks um, are borderline hysterical, right? And and this is, uh, they, they are used often when uh, Democrats have the majority in Congress, for example. They will frequently bring in SPLC executives to serve as expert witnesses on topics like uh, criminal justice reform or uh, violence and partisanship, as they phrase it, um, gender equality issues. And this is really a dangerous thing to have a, an organization that is so nakedly partisan and so ideological viewed and presented as some sort of neutral arbiter of simply, just, you know, Southern poverty law center just of justice, of racial justice or uh, LGBTQ rights. Um, it's it's not good. Maybe they should they should bring them in on how to uh, to, to fundraise uh, <laughs> since they're sitting on about five hundred million dollars. A lot of it in offshore accounts through uh, their scare tactics. Uh, Meg Kilgannon, always great to talk with you. Thanks so much for uh, joining us today. Thanks for having me, Tony. Folks, you can find out more about all of this and much, much more by checking out The Washington Stand, thewashingtonstand.com, our new online news service, commentary from a biblical perspective. Until next time, I leave you once again with the encouraging words of the Apostle Paul, found in Ephesians 6, where he says, when you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed, when you've prepared, when you've taken your stand, by all means, keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener-supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234. 